Welcome back. So in the last episode, the very first episode of the show, I gave you all an introduction to four of the most common and most profitable ways people are making money from romance self-publishing today. And in that episode, I explained that one of the best marketing strategies you can have as a self-publisher is to put out a new release every month, or at the very least, with consistent new publications as often as possible. So some people hear me talk about writing a book a month or even multiple books a month and just their brains explode. Um, everyone has a different natural writing pace. I mean, some people need a year to finish a book. So to them, and maybe you if you're one of them, the idea of a book a month seems impossible. And it inevitably brings up the question, if you're spitting out a book every single month, is that book actually any good? Like, can you write a novel that fast and that often without sacrificing quality? That's exactly what we're diving into today here on the podcast, so let's get started. Welcome to The Business of Romance, the podcast that helps you turn your passion for romance novels into profits. I'm your host, May, also known as the Romance Fiction Queen, and I'll be joining you here each week to serve up my industry expertise and insights from this lucrative world of writing and self-publishing romance novels. Listen in for practical tips and strategies on writing to market, mastering self-publishing, and becoming the ultimate romance fiction queen. Let's get started. So the question I'm tackling for you today here on the Business of Romance is, in today's fast-paced romance market that demands self-publishers to put out consistent, regular new releases, ideally a new book every month, can you write a novel that fast and that often without sacrificing quality? So what we're seeing in the romance fiction market today is that a really great book that is pu published only every few months or on a random sporadic schedule earns less individually than pretty good books that are released every month. Romance readers today would rather have an imperfect book from you every month than a perfect book from you a few times a year. So why is that? Well, we know that romance readers are voracious, and I say this being one of them. Once you are hooked on this genre, you're steamrolling thro through these books every chance you get. And the problem is, even with the high volume of new books being published every single day, it can still be hard to find authors that you like so much that you're going to read every single new book that they put out. The good news is, what that definition of a good author is can be different for different people. So we all like different things and we connect with different styles. Now, there are some things that aren't so subjective, at least if you want to rise to the top of that market and not just appeal to a small niche of readers, but as much of the mass market in your subgenre as possible. In fact, that became my area of expertise over the last couple of years. So after being a full-time ghostwriter for three years, I moved into consulting, project management, and business development for ghostwriting agencies and large-scale self-publishers. And through that, I was given an interesting puzzle to solve. So these clients were not 
trying to figure out how to write stories that could sell, they were buying stories or paying to have them written with the understanding that they were stories that they that would sell. So we had to find out how we could guarantee that a story could be profitable. And it was not a puzzle that was solved overnight, but after many months of market research and deep diving into work from hundreds of ghostwriters, these are the conclusions that I was able to come to that have been since then proven to work. So there are certain trends in best-selling books that apply across subgenres, and that style is precisely what self-publishers hire me to coach their writers on producing today. So I'll share those with you now, and you can also find them in my book, um, The Business of Romance, which you can download for free at fictionqueen.com. And those trends are, first and foremost, an immersive reading experience. So this means that the writing is action and dialogue driven. It really allows events to play out seamlessly in the reader's mind like a movie. Um, I actually wrote an article called The New World of Romance Fiction, which if you want to, you can look it up on my LinkedIn and it dives into this. So the way that we communicate and interact and express ourselves online is changing. Um, even offline, that's changing. Um, and with that shift, the rhythm of best-selling romance writing is really changing with it. So thanks to our phones and scrolling in combination with just this high volume of online content that we're used to consuming, our eyes are basically becoming trained to move really quickly through a piece of text. And our fingers also have that habitual instinct to scroll, to move. So we read snippets and only stop to focus on what truly, truly grips us. So this creates a very short window of time for romance content to grab onto readers. Attention spans are short and readers are becoming more fickle. And you know, why shouldn't they be? Like they can be quick to ditch content that doesn't hook them from the start because there's plenty of it out there to choose from. So authors are learning to combat this by formatting their writing to suit that urge to scroll. Um, short and choppy sentences and no long blocks of text, lots of dialogue and action. So romance writing today should really be in constant forward motion, just as we are in our daily lives. And the writing is shifting to match that rhythm that our brains are used to. So characters, they move and speak quickly, if not outwardly, then inwardly. And seeing the inner world of characters is also trending in romance. Um, you know, readers want a conversation and writing that's rounded out with inner dialogue that really makes them feel like they're having a conversation with the characters. And that is actually why I believe that we've seen a boom in serialized fiction in recent years. Um, Amazon came out with Vela, there's also Wattpad, Radish, and Galatea, all of which I've had the pleasure of working with, and they're all wonderful platforms with great people behind them. So these stylistic changes and just this restless behavior of readers and that longing for connection between readers and writers and this continuous rise in popularity of self-publishing, all of these paths really converge 
in serialized fiction. It just hits all of the good spots, and it's why we've seen such a spike with it. Um, if you don't know, serialized fiction releases bite-sized portions of novels, but delivers more in the overall length. So readers get more of what they want, but in shorter increments, which is just perfect for that scrolling urge in our eyes and our fingers and brains. And with more content in total, novels can often, they result in ongoing series with 100k to 200k words per installment um, in serialized fiction, readers really get an opportunity to like dig in deep to that world and they really build a true connection and relationship with the characters in their worlds, much like you would with an ongoing uh, TV show with multiple seasons. So in addition to that immersive writing, um, first person present tense writing is also um, becoming really, really common and popular because it uh, really supports that immersive reading experience. Um, so lots of short and choppy writing. It's fast-paced and intense. Romance readers today are really wanting new and original plot twists and hooks, like the cheesy cliche stuff that was working, you know, when in our mom's romance novels, they don't work anymore. They really want strong relatable characters and complexity is definitely welcome like you can take cues from authors like colleen hoover and taylor jenkins reed like their characters are not cliche and they are not simple people they're not even always likable people so that complexity is welcome but in a format of simple and easy to digest writing so the ideas and emotions can be heavy, but the execution of those should be really easy to read. So when I'm asked to help ensure that a team of writers are delivering quality work to the clients that I serve, these are some of the markers that I'm measuring the work up against because we've seen that if you check all these boxes, you're more likely to have a profitable book. But there is another piece to the puzzle that is a lot more complex because sometimes we can have a writer who checks every single one of these boxes and it's just still not where it needs to be. And we see that in the profits. So it's not a book that we can guarantee with any certainty that it will be profitable. Now, there are always anomalies. There are books that don't check any of those boxes or this next very important thing I'm gonna go over. In fact, more important component that I'm gonna go over. Um, and I'm going to share with you here in a second, but when someone's fueling a bunch of money into a project, we have to follow what has the best possible odds of success based on what we're seeing with other best-selling books. And now, with the writers I work with directly, they want that same guarantee. Not because I encourage writers to invest a lot of money into their self-publishing business up front. In fact, I take the opposite route of building your pen name on genuine community and engagement rather than dumping everything into ad spend, which can only carry you part of the way and cuts into your profits. So the writers and self-publishers that are just starting out that I work with now, they want that guarantee because they're investing something even more precious, which is their time. And it's something none of us feel like we have enough of, right? And especially when you're starting a new venture where you really don't have a lot of time to give to something that isn't making you money. 
Um, so they want that guarantee. And checking all of the boxes that I've named so far is easy. It's the easy part with some practice. The, the more challenging and subjective part and what is truly the marker for good romance fiction is the quality of the story. Not the writing, but the story. So unlike other genres where we see in some cases the writing craft and the style and the intricacies of how the story is woven together, in other genres that might take a higher priority, in romance fiction, it's all about a reader's connection to the story. And what makes up the romance story? So it's the characters, first and foremost, and then it's their relationship, so their chemistry and that heat between them. And then we get into the setting and the world that they're interacting in. So you can have a simple novel with nothing else but the fact that it nails those three components in an interesting and original way. The characters, their relationship, and the environment that they're in. And you can have a best-selling romance novel. And it's not always an easy thing to define or explain, at least not in a blanket way where I can say do X, Y, and Z and everyone can walk away with a formula that allows them to create a great story that people will love and buy every single time. That part is really in the nuts and bolts and the little adjustments that have to be made for each individual story to make it the best that it can be. And it's nearly impossible to mass manufacture. Like it has to be done on a case-by-case -case basis, which is why I think when you're first starting out, it's so important to have a writing coach or at least a very good developmental editor. So the story is the je ne sais quoi of the romance novel. It's the root, the heart of it that hooks readers in. And that's why some writers who have spent years studying and perfecting their craft can read some of the best-selling romance novels today and not understand why on earth it's topping the charts. It's why you can have one song over here that is perfect in the technical sense, but everyone's over here listening to another song that's so completely imperfect by all the same standards, and yet it's number one and people can't get enough of it because it's not about craft or technique or perfection. It's about emotion. It's about connecting with someone on a human level and making them feel something. Whether you make them laugh, cry, get angry, you can comfort them or turn them on or even better, do all of the above in the same book. That's what stirs people and makes them remember a story. And it makes them want to buy the next one that you put out. Now, another important thing to note, because we're not just talking about fiction in general, we're talking about romance novels. And one of the main jobs of a romance novel is to deliver a fantasy to its readers. More than that, it immerses them in a fantasy. Now that fantasy part is key because when we break it down, a romance novel's job is to satisfy a fantasy be it emotional, romantic, sexual, or more lifestyle oriented, it's a fantasy that women today have. So when we look at the emotional aspects, it's what would a woman's dream man do or say? How would they make them feel? What would that emotional dynamic look like? When we look at lifestyle, we see 
fantasies like paranormal worlds or billionaires or we see cozy beach settings, uh, celebrity or royal lifestyles, small towns, whatever it is, you're providing a reader an escape into a fantasy. So as for the stylistic things I mentioned today, and again, you can find those in my book available on my website. It's a free download. But this story component is the bigger one to tackle, and it can be a lot harder to pin down, but both the style and story can be honed in on with practice. So now we circle back around to the question of, can a writer put a story a month out without sacrificing quality? And the answer is yes, because I've seen it hundreds of times and many of the best-selling self-publishers of today are actively doing it themselves. But the key is to understand that quality is not in a perfect style or craft. I'd be willing to bet that most people who find it so difficult to write at such a fast pace are getting caught up in polishing and perfecting those elements when you don't actually need those to create a story that people love. So people can talk shit about the writing quality of Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight all they want. I haven't read them personally, believe it or not, but I've read a ton of novels like them and what I, along with millions of dollars in revenue and fans to back it up, can tell you is that they made for damn good stories. They created a world that people wanted to live inside of for a while. And that's your ultimate job as a romance writer or really a storyteller or artist of any kind. And that is not something that, ta that takes a year to create. It's actually pretty simple if we let go of the need to perfect or overthink or make this a super complicated thing and instead we focus on those emotional factors and the heart of what makes a good story, which is just human connection. That can definitely be done in a month and it can be done over and over again. Some months may be better than others, but it can be done. And the profitability of it, even more so the level of connection and the growth of your reader base, certainly make it well worth it. Okay, so that's all she wrote for today's episode of The Business of Romance, and I will see you next time. Well, that's all she wrote for today's episode of The Business of Romance. I hope you enjoyed this time of adding to your toolkit for how to turn your romance writing into a profitable business. If you want to continue your journey towards becoming a successful romance fiction queen, head on over to fictionqueen.com where you'll find tons of resources, courses, and freebies to help you build your empire. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it on social media and be sure to tag me so I can say thank you. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review on your favorite platform. Your support helps us reach more amazing writers and publishers just like you. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I hope you have beautiful days filled with creativity, inspiration, and lots of money rolling in from you sharing your talents with the world.